drugs, sex, and eight dead women. I believe she's with God, and that's the best place she can go. And she's free, and I think she's away from all the pain. More than 10 years after the first body is found, there are lots of theories, but still no answers. Was it the work of a serial killer? Was a law enforcement officer involved? Was it someone they knew? Who can kill eight girls in a small town and no evidence, you know what I'm saying? This is Southwest Louisiana Unsolved, the Jeff Davis 8. Thanks for joining us for Southwest Louisiana Unsolved. I'm Jillian Corder. In our previous episodes, we've learned about the deaths of four women. We've also heard about a statement from a witness that led to two arrests that didn't stick. There would be no more arrests right away, but there would be other deaths. Less than four months after Muggy Brown's death, another family is forced to go through the same deep sorrow. Nearly two weeks after she'd been reported missing, the body of victim six, Crystal Shea Benoisino, is discovered in a wooded area just a mile or so from the Jeff Davis Parish Sheriff's Office. That was September 11, 2008. It took two months of DNA testing to confirm her identity. Crystal's mother, Sarah Benoit, says her daughter may have known something bad was coming. I thought that it could happen to her and... We talked about it often. Crystal and I talked about it often also. And uh, she always said, I, I knew her, you know, we know she knew Kristen, we know she knew Loretta, and she said she knew Ernestine, she knew Muggy, and it kept going. And uh, she's like, well, what if I'm next? She always said, what if I'm next? And I'm like, just don't put yourself in that situation and you won't be next. But Crystal was next. And like her friends before her, Loretta, Ernestine, Muggy, and Kristen, her death also remains unsolved. Crystal was 24 years old when she died. Her mother told KPLC's Cynthia Arsenault she loved the simple things, church, the outdoors, and of course, family. What was your family life like before the trouble started? Um, we had a quiet family, actually. It, it was a family. We had Grandma and Papa and everything else. And um, as the years go on, Mama and Papa are gone, you know, and the kids get older, and they seem to think they're grown up before their age. So they just seem to uh, just kind of disappear and do their own thing, and sometimes it's not the right choices. But then came bipolar disorder. Crystal's mom, Sarah, has always talked openly about her daughter's struggle. She, she was diagnosed with bipolar at the age of 12, and, you know, she's, she always loved everyone else but herself. And if she felt love, she would just do something drastic to change her opinion of her and make you think that she, you know, she wasn't good, you know. And uh, it's like she was scared to be loved. The family went through years of heartache, with Crystal going in and out of homes and treatment facilities. And at 15 years old, she ran away from one of those facilities and was missing for three years. Crystal uh, ran away and disappeared out of uh, state care when she was 15. She had been running away from home and been hanging around the same crowd that pretty much people are talking about today in these investigations. And um, 
I guess finally the judge got tired and said she's in state care, we'll put her in a home, and she disappeared from a, a harbor house in Lake Charles, with sulfur really, and uh, we didn't see her for three years. That was to me a lot harder than what is now, because now I know she's at peace and she's resting, and then we didn't know if she was just murdered somewhere and did, you know, no one will ever find her. Sarah Benoit says despite what some may think, Crystal had a good life before falling into a pattern of drugs and disappearing. Crystal had a very secure life, you know. Uh, even whenever Crystal disappeared and you know, wasn't here, when they found her, she was always welcome to be here with us as a family. She didn't have to be out there. She could have been here. But, you know, the drugs just, it, it's, it's a, the life of drugs, it, it's pulls you away from your family and you know it's it not good them. it consumes everything she reflects on the last conversation she ever had with her daughter crystal was at the hospital she had one final premonition last time i spoke with crystal she was at the hospital she said, well, what happens if i'm not here next week she said what if i am the next one murdered and she was Just four days after Crystal was laid to rest, a community already on edge was dealt another blow. A seventh victim was found. 17-year-old Brittany Gary was the youngest of the victims. She was last seen the evening of Sunday, November 2nd at 5.30, buying minutes for her prepaid cell phone at the Jennings Family Dollar Store. Video shows Brittany alone at the counter, placing her purchase in front of the cashier. She's wearing a light-colored tank top, dark shorts, and flip-flops. Her dark hair is pulled back into a bun. By all accounts, Brittany was alone and walking the five or so blocks to her home, but she would never be seen or heard from again. Her mother, Teresa Gary, knew something was wrong. She would call. She would call or she would answer her phone at least. In the days that followed Brittany's disappearance, Teresa Gary launched a desperate mission to find her daughter, handing out more than a thousand flyers and forming her own search parties on foot, on ATV, on horseback. Volunteers searched the areas where six other Jennings women were found. Their efforts turned up empty. I do believe that she is being held against her will or being kept in a state of mind that she can't function, doesn't know who she is, doesn't know where she's at. But I just want her to know, I'm coming for you, Brittany. I'm going to find you. I will find you. I'm not going to give up. Unconfirmed, reported sightings of Brittany would turn into cold leads. And on November 15, 2008, the family's worst fears came true when a body was found off Highway 1126 on Keystone Road near Roanoke. Tattoos on the body matched those of Brittany Gary. Brittany was not only friends with several other victims, she was the cousin of the third victim, Kristen Gary Lopez. Family photos show Brittany at a younger time with pigtails and a sweet smile, standing in front of a white SUV. Another shows Brittany a little older She's wearing a dark blue hoodie, her dark hair pulled back. Her face is tilted up, smiling at something or someone in the distance. 
For the last two years of her life, Brittany lived with Sarah Louvier and her daughter Heidi. Sarah says Brittany and her siblings were just typical children, but things started to change when their mother and father split up. They lived in the country. You know, they was never in town. You know, they were some country kids. You know, they was never, they didn't know where the streets were. They didn't know where the streets were. And whenever they got thrown out there on the streets, they had to learn the streets. She was a child. I mean, you know, she just, she didn't deserve this at all. Brittany's cause of death was ruled asphyxia and mixed drug intoxication. She was laid to rest on November 23, 2008. The community was on edge. I, I fear that there will be another one before Christmas, I mean, before the new year. That prediction wouldn't come true. It would be nine months before the next body was found. At 1.30 this afternoon, Jennings PD got a report of a missing person. Uh, at 2 o'clock, our task force started interviewing the person who came in to report her missing. Uh, at that, in about 30 minutes into the interview of getting the information, we got a call from Acadia Parish that roadway workers found a body uh, on the side of the road here between milepost 72 and 73. This would be the only body found outside of Jeff Davis Parish, but not by far. Mile marker 72 on Interstate 10 is just eight miles from downtown Jennings. There isn't much along that stretch of interstate where the body was found. There's a dive bar and an RV park. Ricky Edwards, sheriff of Jeff Davis Parish, wouldn't confirm the identity of the victim right away. Instead, waiting on a task force team consisting of officers from at least three parishes and the FBI to arrive on scene. But it wasn't long before they confirmed the identity of victim eight, Nicole Jean Guillory. She had been asphyxiated. Nicole was the mother of four children, the youngest just turned one. Her mother, Barbara Guillory, admits life wasn't easy for Nicole. She dropped out of school in seventh grade. The family life, we were not together with her daddy. You know, we were apart more than anything. And she, I guess, took that hard. Um, she had trouble, I guess, accepting it. Nicole died just two weeks before her 27th birthday. And like many of the women, may have had a strange feeling she would be next. As her birthday approached, Nicole's mother, Barbara Jean Guillory, recalls the conversation with her daughter. So I asked Nicole, I said, well, what kind of icing you want on your cake? She said, Mom, it doesn't matter. She said, because I'm not going to be here for my birthday. She said, I won't see my birthday. Nicole's mother believes Nicole and the others may have been killed because of what they knew. We would ask her and she just wouldn't, you know, wouldn't say anything. It was like she was scared or didn't want us. Her thing to us was that, Mama, the less you know, the better off you are. I think she saw something or knew something, and I think they, you know, didn't want her to talk. Who can kill eight girls in a small town and not, no evidence, you know what I'm saying? Nicole's sister, Jessica, tried to take comfort knowing her sister's suffering was over, but it wasn't easy. They might have took Nicole, but they did not take the memos. They did not take her spiritually away. She's still here. 
I feel them. I believe she's with God, and that's the best place she can go. And she's free, and I think she's away from all the pain. She has no more problems. She, she don't have to worry about anything no more. Barbara Jean and Jessica have always spoken openly about Nicole's drug addiction. They hope her troubled life and early death may in some way inspire others to avoid dangers that could lead them down a similar path. All the girls are always in our prayers. We always think about them, all eight of them. Eight dead women in a small city in Louisiana, now in the national spotlight. Authorities quickly move to build a task force. The governor gets involved and theories evolve. Were there more deaths in the case than first thought? Join us next time on Southwest Louisiana Unsolved, the Jeff Davis 8.